Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Football 24-7, you guys. I'm your guy, Tony DeShields II. This is John McMullen, our Eagles insider on Jacob Sports. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Make sure you guys also give us a subscribe. We would appreciate all the love and support you guys provide to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. If you guys want more from John, also check him out on SI.com and JacobSports.com and check him out on Burge 365 with himself and Jody Mack. John, Tuesday, September 19th. 6.30 where you are. How you feeling, my man? Uh, doing well. Trying to figure out what the Eagles are going to do with slot corner. Ah, uh, the rumors in, are flying, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, brought in William Jackson, but, uh, um, you know, he's not uh, um, uh, not typically a slot corner in his career. So he's played 95% of his snaps outside. So it's going to be interesting. Nick Sirianni talked. Uh, about his in-house options and he said he likes them uh, so maybe they're looking for some depth outside maybe that allows them to move James Bradbury inside a lot of a lot of possibilities but I would I would say with Bradbury because that's a, been such a big story boy it doesn't make sense to me if they go that direction to take in an all-pro player and that's what he was last season all-pro outside cornerback and move him inside and say, if you sign William Jackson and play him outside to me, you're making two positions worse instead of one. So okay, let's, um, okay. Let's stay there for a second then. I mean, obviously, like you said, Bradbury was uh, a second team or pro uh, last year, you know, playing on the outside. That's where he's historically, uh, that's where he's historically played. But um, why do you think uh, it would be to, James Bradbury and to, and to this team's detriment. Now, obviously, again, we know he's better played outside, but <laughs> I, I want to know a little bit more detail. Is it like a speed? Is it is it something from a technique standpoint that you think he lacks, whereas though you don't think he'll be better, you don't think he can serve the Eagles being in the slot? 
Well, it's not it's not that. He's probably the best player they could put in the slot, but he's not mm. as good of a, a slot quarter cornerback as Abante Maddox. So you're getting worse at that position. Um and you're getting worse uh, outside cornerback because you don't have Brad Bradbury at outside cornerback. So that's my thought process behind it. I mean, typically, um, you know, James is six two, two fifteen ish. Um, point to me another slot cornerback that's six two and two fifteen. Generally, those guys have to have short area quickness because they're dealing with the the Julian Edelmans of the world, the Wes Welkers of the world, if you want to go back to the Patriot days, all these small, quick guys, option routes inside. That's why you have players like Abonte Maddox who excel in the slot. Um, now, there are some, and, and why the Eagles did it, and I like the thought process. You know, We didn't get to see it this week against Minnesota or last week, but you know, TJ Hawkinson plays in the slot a lot. So you know, that makes some sense on an individual week, maybe later in the year, Travis Kelsey, that makes some sense. Uh, play him inside, try to deal with a player like that on a short-term basis. Consistently, I mean, th- think about Tampa Bay this week, not a great team. You got Mike Evans on the outside. He never plays in the slot. Chris Godwin does. I want James Bradbury on Mike Evans, not Chris Godwin. That turns a, a strength. I don't know if anybody's a strength against Mike Evans, but you at least got a better chance to deal with them than other teams. Um, and Chris Godwin, you know, there's a lot of quickness inside, even though he's had some injuries. Um, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. I hope the Eagles aren't going to do it, but a little bit scared after they they brought in William Jackson. And I started looking at William, and 95% of the snaps he's played in the NFL are outside. So he has no slot experience either. So why do you think they even decided to bring him in? I mean, is it strictly talent with him, and and they think they can maybe – uh, you know, utilize that talent in the slot? Like, why do why bring a guy in who has almost no experience in the NFL playing in the slot? Well, he's got to – you know, they have – behind Slay and Bradbury right now, they have no experience, period. Um, forget about experience in the slot. So they have four corners, uh, Josh Joe, Mario Goodrich, uh, Calais Ringo, Eli Ricks, combined 119 um, NFL snaps between them. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of those took place against Minnesota. <laughs> you know, that was the first time they all got playing time basically well ricks and ringo didn't play but joe played the entire game and goodrich played about 39 snaps um first time they ever played so this is a super bowl team i think they looked at that and said we don't have enough depth here not enough experience um so so if they weren't a super bowl team you would because you know I, it makes me wonder how do you develop your depth, you know, if, if if they don't get the opportunities, right? But you said they're a Super Bowl team, so do you think because you're a Super Bowl team, that automatically and maybe maybe it's a rhetorical question, but that automatically trumps uh, trying to improve your depth, which can probably help you in the long term in case you have more injuries. 
Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. If they're like an eight-win team, nine-win team, like they're going to win some, they're going to lose some, I'd say, yeah, just play good, Rich, and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. But, um, yeah, if I'm, you know, last year, take a look at it. When uh, Jordan Davis and Marlon Tui Pelotu went down, here comes Linball Joseph and Indomik and Sue. Same thing here at corner, I think, is going to happen. We'll see, you know, if they sign William Jackson, probably by tomorrow, if they're going to make that decision, they're going to bring him in. Um, I would not feel comfortable having to roll out, um, you know, Mario Goodrich and Josh Joe. Never mind Eli Ricks and Kalei Ringo. So despite that lack of experience in the slot again he still has 95 percent of his experience playing outside william jackson the third despite that lack of in the slot you still think the eagles are better served having a guy like that rather than having a, a younger guy who's more naturally adept well slot. i mean this is a proven player um i i don't he's 30 years old he he had a back problem last season so you gotta you gotta kick the tires and see is he healthy number one but if he's healthy yeah, I mean, his former first-round pick was really looking like a, a, a star early in his career with Cincinnati. Um, got a big deal in Washington. Didn't didn't play as well, but, you know, was competent. Um, and that's, you know, that's all you're looking for at this stage. Understandable. Now, let, you know, let's stay on the injury side of things. Um can you provide us any sort of context, any updates when it comes to uh, Maddox, Blankenship, uh, Bradbury, Gangwell, those guys? You know, you know, what's the what's the future hold for a guy like Maddox? We we know he tore the peck, and there's a likelihood of him being out for the season. But I mean, you know, his situation is so interesting because uh, he's in the second to last year of his deal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then a guy like Blankenship, young guy, um, undrafted last season, you know, trying to get as many reps as he can get, you know, so he can prove himself. Bradbury just got paid in the offseason. Gangwell, a young guy who probably lost his lead back role to DeAndre Swift. Uh, can you just give us any updates on that injury on that injury report as it stands right now? <clears throat> well, the Eagles aren't getting back on the practice field till Thursday because it's a Monday game. So we're not going to have an injury update until Thursday. But uh Bradbury's gonna play. I mean, if 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 he, you know, if it were a Sunday game last week, he might have had a chance to play, get through the protocol. He just can't get through it for a Thursday game. So he should be fine. Um, Gainwell, Blankenship. I didn't see Kenny at all last week, so I'm not quite sure where he is. Reed looked like he could have played last week. I couldn't imagine he'd sit out another game. Probably, again, they were being cautious with him on a short week. And then, Kenny, um, we're going to have to see on Thursday where he is. Um, But, you know, he's going to be involved. I think a lot of people, and Nick Sirianni said, you know, it's going to be the hot hand still. So I I don't think, use that term, won. I don't think anybody won anything. Um, Kenny's still going to be... When he is healthy, he's going to be the two-minute two back. He's going to be the red zone back. He's going to be a high leverage back. So he's going to get plenty of touches. What I don't think we're going to see is any more two-touch games for DeAndre Swift. The earned 
the right to be involved, but I, I don't, you know, you're going to see Kenny Gainwell when he's healthy uh, for people that don't want to see that get ready. Cause you're going to see it. Well, here's the thing, right? You know, and we're definitely going to get into the NFC East. Um, I know a lot of you guys are here for that conversation, uh, but you know, just staying on the running backs for a second. I'm looking at what DeAndre Swift did. We haven't seen any game similar to that from a Kenny Gamble throughout his career. I mean, obviously he played behind Miles Sanders. Um, he's 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 always done the most with his opportunities as he possibly could. Um, we know he's a he, he's a talented guy, but Swift just looks more explosive to me. I mean, he just seems like a guy that just well, he is he is more explosive. He's got he's got a bigger burst. But you have to be very careful when you talk about one games. You have to look at the context of the game. The Vikings are to, that good. You're right. The Vikings are aren't that good defensively, and and. They played light boxes. Their plan was, and if you think about it, it makes sense. They're 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 trying to limit AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, um, Dallas Goddard, and the running game of Jalen Hurts, the off schedule stuff, not the, the off schedule stuff of Jalen Hurts. That was their game plan. We want to take that away and have DeAndre Swift beat us. He did. Credit, all credit, but he's facing light boxes. The entire game, they never made that adjustment because they didn't want to make that adjustment. They felt that was their best way to sneak out of there with a win. Um, so you have that, and then you fast forward to Tampa. All of a sudden, you got the big guy in the middle, Vita Bea. Ain't going to be that easy Monday night in Tampa, no matter who the running back is. If you want to bring in Jonathan Taylor, ain't going to be easy. Uh, it's really difficult to run on that team. They were top five in run defense three consecutive years. Um, mm -hmm. Before last year, they slipped a little bit, fell to 14, had a lot of injuries. Shaq Barrett, Vita wasn't completely healthy. Now they're completely healthy. Whole different ball game. Whole different ball. That's why you can't just take one game out and say, well, I mean, if, 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 if roles were reversed and were tamped on Thursday night, you probably got to win that game throwing the football. Um, and and if it were Minnesota on Monday night, you know, you're probably waiting for that 175-yard game. But I said that stat, you know, on Birds 365, I'm sure people have heard it, 133 yards before contact. Six-man boxes they were playing. You know, they were saying – well, we know we can't deal with AJ, and and even Devontae got two deep throws anyway. Even with them trying to take it away, yeah. um, they were saying we know we can't stop that. So pick your poison. And to the Eagles' credit, they took advantage of it, and they said took them fifteen minutes, but they said, "All right, you're not going to you're 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 going to play those light boxes." It was just inside zone, inside zone, inside zone to the finish line. You know, we're all looking forward to that Tampa Bay Eagles NFC matchup on Monday night. But I think what a lot of people are more so looking forward to is where this where the NFC East falls, because obviously the Dallas Cowboys, they look like they're ready to win it all right now. But that's typically what happens with them early in the season. They like to win the Super Bowl in September. Um, but regardless, they're two and zero right now. They had a dominant win over over the Giants, another dominant win over the Jets. Uh, the commanders, 
Uh, they managed to they managed to survive. The Cardinals had an epic comeback against the Denver Broncos, a team that a lot of people had a lot of high expectations for. Sam Howell looks serviceable. Um, Brian Robinson, their running back, looks really dangerous right now. That defense um, is looking pretty good. They're talented all across the board. Um, the Giants, they're one and one. They they didn't put up any points until about six quarters uh, after uh, opening week, but they managed to get it done and still staged their biggest comeback uh, of their friend in their franchise's history uh, against who was that? Against the, the uh, Arizona. Cardinals. Against the Cardinals. Arizona. So I mean, not impressive. Look- <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, your context and your opponent matters, right? But still, I'm, I'm looking at this NFC East, John, and Cowboys, they're looking as dom- – that defense especially is looking as dominant as ever. Uh, Commanders and Giants, they just look like they just look like two gritty teams, um, teams that are just going to be a, a tough out regardless, um, but more so the Commanders. Uh, what's your overall um, opinion on the NFC East right now? And should the Philadelphia Eagles be somewhat relatively concerned with how gritty and tough the, the division looks as of late? They should be concerned with the Cowboys. The Cowboys are good. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eagles fans. They're good. It's just a matter of how good, just a matter of how healthy. Everybody's out. Like, you know, we, we've seen injuries all over the league. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Nick Chubb, um, Saquon Maddox to a lesser degree. Well, Saquon's got a sprained ankle. Those guys are done for the season. Correct. Um, it, you know, if Micah Parsons gets hurt, if you know, Tony, even Tony Pollard gets hurt, um, you know, things can change change drastically. But that's every team. Um, at full strength, they're they're freaking good. Um. Well, let's so, stay focused on them then, right? Let's stay, let's focus on the Cowboys. Then you said at four strength they're good, and I agree with you, right? I'm not one of those fans that are that are kind of blind to the sauce. The reality is the Cowboys are a team to be reckoned with. Um, that that Cowboys team, they, you know, just tell me, just, just tell me how you feel about them right now. Top three team in the NFL. I mean, they are they are loaded. Uh, you know, Micah Parsons looks like he's ready to have a defensive player of the year type season. Well, he, you know, he was number two the last two years, so he's always in that category. Um, Stephon Gilmore, I thought, was a huge pickup. Uh, they didn't have that second corner last season. Now they do with Trayvon Diggs. Um, they're healthy now in the slot. They're really deep at safety. They have three safeties. They play a lot of big nickel. You saw Jake. J. Ron Kirst get an interception. Um, the front is unbelievable. It's like the Eagles. I mean, they get pressure on freaking every down. Now they got Mozzie Smith so they can defend the run a little bit better. They can play those 50 fronts as well. Um, Zach Martin's still killing people. Um, you know, that's a first ballot Hall of Fame guard. Um, Tyron Smith is healthy for now. Now, they have to see he's had some injury issues. Um, and generally as you get older, they tend not to go away. CD Lamb look unbelievable. The Jets, Jets have one of the best defenses in the NFL. You can talk about, yeah, they lost Aaron Rodgers, so they're not equipped to compete. But they have one of the best defenses in the NFL, and they couldn't do a damn thing with CD Lamb. Couldn't cover him. Um, the Cowboys are good. You know, when I say Jalen Carter's going to be a problem, 
the Cowboys are going to be a problem. Um, and I know everybody hates them here, and I know every they did this, they did that, they they always uh, uh, come up small in the end. Well, hang your hat on that. I'll hang your, I'll hang my hat on talent, and they have a ton, a ton of talent. Uh, the Giants, I'm not worried about it at all. Giants are a bad football team. Okay. Um, they overachieved last year. I thought that's the worst thing they could have happened to them because now they've overpaid Daniel Jones a stake. Washington's sort of in the middle. It concerns me that Chase Young's finally healthy. Um, and if you add him and he got one and a half sacks on, on Sunday, if you add him to Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, that concerns me a little bit. Sam Howell's better than what they had at quarterback, so they're a little bit better offensively as well. Um, but they're not great. They're sort of a, a middling team. Um, but that front could could be an issue if Chase Young, especially if it, it already is an issue, but if Chase Young is healthy and playing at a high level. But understand, the commanders – they beat the Cardinals, and they barely beat the Cardinals, and they barely beat the Broncos. Again, context: these are all small sample size, two games. Yes, that's true. It's very, it's very. They true. played two really bad football teams, and they barely got out of each with a win. So, give them credit for winning. It's better than losing. There's a lot of zero and two teams. I'd rather be two and zero, but you know, the tougher part of their schedule is coming up, to say the least. That's true. I guess when I look at the commanders, right, I see a team uh, that, in my opinion, they've always had talent scattered through that roster, but couldn't really get the quarterback position right. And I personally feel like they've struggled with their coaching hires. I think they got it right with Eric Bieniemy, And I'm seeing him um, utilize this roster, you know, to the best of its capabilities. I mean, um, I, I understand they, you know, the, the Giants and the commanders, they haven't really played much of anybody, but you know, those division games are always tough. And if those kind of teams are playing with a certain level of confidence, uh, the Eagles should be worried. I mean, the Eagles did lose to the Commanders last season. Yeah, I mean, they are tougher. And that was the only game before the Super Bowl that Jalen Hurts lost. The Eagles really played poorly in that game, though. And it was sort of like three yards in a cloud of dust for Washington on the ground. Yeah, Turned the ball um, over like three or four times. I mean, they yeah. still could have won that game. It was, it was wild. It's – uh. Yeah, uh, it, and you're right. Division games are always a little bit tougher, and I'm not saying they're going to sweep them or anything like that because Washington uh, beat them last year, and then they could beat them again. But the Eagles are clearly better. I can't sit here and say the Eagles are clearly better than the Cowboys. I think they're competitive. Um, I think, you know, they have as good a, a chance as the Cowboys do. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um... But through two weeks, and again, it's a very small sample size. Correct. Through two weeks, Dallas has been the best team in football. 
Doesn't mean anything. You can't win anything on September 19th, wherever we are. But they've been, they played better than the Eagles have. I think that's fair to say. Um, if you look at PFF and their grades through the first two weeks, the Cowboys, they have the Cowboys number two. They have Miami number one. Um, Cowboys are number two. Eagles are number six. As far as Washington, what? this is overall. Washington is number 14. And the Giants are 32 of 32. Worst Ooh. team in football uh, through the two weeks. Um, and that's, you know, offensively, I'll, I'll run it down since we're doing it. Um, hasn't been as impressive uh, for the Cowboys offensively. The Eagles are the top team offensively. Uh, at number 11, Cowboys are 14, Washington is 15, and the Giants are 25. So that's how they, they come out offensively. Defensively, as you might expect, Cowboys are number one, uh, Washington number eight, Eagles are number 11, uh, and the Giants are number 29. And if you want to go to special teams, Cowboys are number two. Uh, they have a great uh, special teams coordinator in, in John Fossil. Um, Eagles have been better. They're number 17, um, which, you know, they were bottom five last year. So that's a that's a improvement. The Giants are 30th and Washington is dead last at 32. So that's sort of the three phases. You know, I'm looking at the quarterback position in the NFC East as well. Um, obviously, Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott, you know, they lead the charge. And then you have Daniel Jones and Sam Howell there. Uh, both both Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott, they're kind of having similar starts to their 2023 campaign. Both, both quarterbacks are south of 400 yards passing. Both have two passing touchdowns. Obviously, Hurts has the one interception. Dak hasn't turned the football over uh, yet. Um, it looks like to me, McCarthy is running, is utilizing his running backs a lot more this go around. It seems like, uh, they're, they're running to lead to the pass and the Eagles are clearly struggling, struggling on offense right now. Um, to me, the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys defense is kind of leading the charge. Um, I'm still of the mindset that the Eagles defense has um, created a lot of opportunities for the Eagles offense. Therefore, I feel like they're kind of dictating things just a bit. Um, but that's just my opinion. Uh, what's your what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on the quarterback position as it stands in the NFC East? Um, you know, I did think uh, before the season that Dak wouldn't turn the football over nearly as much as he did last season because he's never I, I done agree. it before. I thought it was an anomaly. He had a bad uh, bad season. I thought he would come in taking care of the football. Yeah. Um, so I expected that. I, I don't think either has played great throwing the football, to be honest. Um and, and Jalen, you know, hasn't been himself. I think, you know, he got a couple of unique looks back-to-back um, with Bill Belichick and Brian Flores. I think that, uh, again, small sample size. As you get into the season and he starts seeing more normal looks, I think he'll get a little bit more comfortable. 
unfortunately, we got three in a row because it's Todd Bowles. Todd has a history of um, uh, against the Eagles and against um, uh, doing some nice things as far as things defensively. I think ultimately the Eagles are will out-talent Tampa Bay. It'll be very similar to the first two weeks. Uh, they have much more talent, so they'll be able uh, to overcome it most likely, but you're probably going to see some um, ugly football again, lack of style points, whatever you want to call it. Um, but this isn't college. I've been saying it all week. You don't get style points in the NFL. So as long as they keep winning and they can get to the portion of their schedule that they're going to see some more normal looks, for lack of a better word, I think the better. Um, and that'll come probably, you know, week four, uh, with Washington or um, I forget who they play first. I think they play Washington before the Rams. Um, both of those games, uh, more normal uh, defenses. So I think things will start to pick up at that point as long as they, you know, that's strength versus strength with Washington, the Eagles offensive line versus commander's defensive line. Yeah, you know, this matchup with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we're going to dig deep into that as the week progresses. But you know, you know, Jalen Hurts completing seventy-one percent of his passes right now. Yeah, the offense hasn't really been sexy. The offense has really hasn't been as explosive as a lot of people would, would like to think. But <clears throat> I mean, completing seventy-one percent of your passes um, as it stands right now, um, he could he could be doing a lot worse for himself. You know, a lot of people have said you know he's looking like the Jalen Hurts of twenty twenty-one. And I partially can see what they're talking about, but I feel like there's still a, a, a higher level of efficiency um, and accuracy um, this go around than it is uh, in 2021. Um, the Eagles have about seven days left, about six or seven days left to prepare for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, how do you think they should be spending uh, the rest of this time right now? Um, well, you know, if the coaches get extra time, the players, it's, it's a normal week for the players. As I said, they'll be back on the practice field Thursday. It'll be, everything's kicked back a day. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, and they'll prepare like a normal week. And I, I do think, you know, they're going to come in with the thought process of, you know, it's probably going to be, have to be more pass heavy this week than against, uh, Minnesota, Although they came in against Minnesota seemingly wanting to throw the football um, and then as, you know, shifted in game, which I think is good. So, but I think they'll see Bea, beat a Bea up front and they know, you know, they've been through Tampa before, been through Tampa in the playoffs. Really difficult to run on when those guys are healthy. Very athletic linebackers with Devin White and Lamonte David, so they could chase the quarterback as well, more better than most linebackers. Um, so it limits the the quarterback run game, which has actually probably been the most disappointing aspect of the Eagles' offense so far. They just can't get loose on that because people are very aware. Look, does he look Belichick, slower to you? Does Hurts look a little slower to you? He does, but I think it has to do with, you know, as I mentioned, with especially with Flores. I mean, he came into that game. We're going to stop the off-schedule stuff. Um, and he had Ivan Pace, who's a young, very athletic linebacker, sort of spying 
Jalen Hurts behind these blitzes and trying to keep them pinned in, penned in. And he did for the most part. Um, and that's when the Eagles shifted to the to the running game. And, you know, at that point, it's, as I said, who, who cares about style points at that point? They ran for 256, I believe. Yeah, yeah, something like that. You know, it, it's interesting to me because, you know, obviously Brian Johnson, he's going to go through his growing pains as the new play caller for the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, week one, it kind of seemed like he was trying to jam a square peg in a round hole at times. Week two, it almost started it started off like that, but then he kind of realized pretty quickly, you know, well, I need to lean on my running game. They're, you know, they're dropping back eight. You know, I need to, you know, take advantage of this light box. You know, is that a sign of something positive in the future for Brian Johnson because of how uh, receptive he was to, you know, to how the game was being called at that time? Because, again, you know, the passing game is struggling right now. And there again, there's going to be some growing pains between Jalen Hurts and, and Brian Johnson. The off-field relationship doesn't automatically translate to the on-field chemistry and relationship. So do you think there, you know, do you think Brian Johnson's ability to read the flow of the game and lean on his running game is a positive sign for what's to come in this offense actually getting back on track? Yeah, I, I'm not concerned about that because and Nick talks about it all the time. I mean, they have so many layers to this thing. And I, I don't know if it were Brian Johnson. Maybe Nick Sirianni said, hey, you know what? Light boxes. Let's go. Let's run the football. Inside zone. Inside zone. Maybe Kevin Petullo. Maybe Jeff Stoutland. You know, they have so many layers. Um, Alex Tanney, now the quarterback coach in, in, in Brian's old role. They have so many layers offensively, starting with the head coach, and it's his offense. Um, you know, they're going to be fine. Um, that's about, you know, the players and execution and things like that. Um, I'm not worried about um, the the play calling or whatever people get hyper sensitive over. Um, I, I'm I'm. I can't stand the bubble screens for whatever reason. Like my, my criticisms of the offense have to do with like pressure. They're getting a lot of pressure uh, because teams are trying to play the Eagles a different way because the way teams did it last year wasn't successful. So they've saw, they've seen a lot more pressure over the first two weeks. They haven't handled it well. Um, Typically, you have hot, hot routes, you have sight adjustments between the quarterback and the receiver. The Eagles, and last year too, they deal with pressure with these stupid bubble screens. And but that, that's that has how to be an indictment. Like, that has to be an indictment on the coaching staff, right? Because, again, we've seen yeah. so many situations where it, the bubble screens are not working to deal with the pressure. It's just not. Um, the, you know, these defenses are crashing down on it. They, you know, they know what's coming. It yeah, has to be an a, indictment that's on the that's staff. On, that's on the staff as a whole. Right. And the reason I don't put it on Brian Johnson is because they did the same thing last year. Mistake, correct. Yeah. So that's more of a Nick Sirianni thing. Um, is that a and, lack of creativity? Is that stubbornness, uh, uh, some level of stubbornness? What do you think that is? I mean, well, I mean I clearly, clearly we I, know what's I, going I, on. I think, I think originally it was trying to help a young, growing quarterback who didn't have a lot of experience. But as, as Jalen Hurts gets more experience and more – um, reps under his belt, you got to evolve. You got to continue to, you know, put more things in the offense, put more options, put more things in place. 
for whatever reason, they haven't gotten to it yet. They need to get to it. You have, you know, A.J. Brown. Where are the slants with A.J. Brown? I mean, that guy can't be covered on a slant pattern. If he is covered, he's still going to body you. Um, you know, every cornerback in the NFL. Um, now, the deep throws are still there. Um, Jalen has a tremendous touch on, on the deep ball. He's developed that, developed it last season. You saw it with Devontae twice. Um, well, one, he was wide open, but, um, you know, he still got that touch on the deep ball. And one, you know, AJ was brought back by a holding penalty uh, on Rashad Penny, and it was a hold. Um, clear, the other clear, one, clear. you know, there was a PI on Minnesota they didn't call. Um, so he's still really good on the deep ball. Um, but yeah, they they need to evolve how they handle pressure a little bit better. And that to me is a, that's a coaching staff problem starting with Nick Sirianni. It's not a Brian Johnson problem. And the only reason I say that is because it was the exact same thing as last year. That's why I can't blame it on him. Understandable. Uh, final question of the evening for you, John. Um, you're really good with noticing uh, the mechanics of the quarterback. I mean, uh, you're, you're one of the people who pointed out how, you know, Carson Wentz, he had a massive regression, um, you know, after guys like uh, Coach uh, DeFilippo left at the quarterback position, uh, Frank Reich left. Um, he didn't go back to his offseason quarterback coach. I think it was Tom House or something like that. Uh, we know Jalen Hurts uh, employed Tom House going into the, going into the previous season. Um, I'm not sure who, he, who he, I'm not sure who he worked with this past offseason. Yeah, it's um, Adam. Uh, Adam Day do I, I? I don't know how to pronounce. I I believe uh, who works with Tom House. Um, okay, okay. So a Tom House he was, uh, associate. Okay, and he was back this year. So okay, uh, he so, continues so, to work with Adam. And uh, yeah, that was a good thing because Carson did it once and didn't go back. So and, here's my question then. Have you noticed anything? Because we talked about the play calling. You know, we talked about um, Jalen Hurts um, seeing the field or whatever. Um, is there anything from a, from a fundamental or a technique standpoint um, that you're seeing different from Jalen Hurts in comparison to last season and this season? You know, the, you know, they say the quarterback position is built from the feet up and not the opposite. So have, have you noticed anything different with his feet, his hips, um, his body language as he approaches uh, year, you know, year four. Uh, not mechanically. I think he's fine. I think the issue has been um, the uncertainty. I think he's not seeing things as clearly. Um, and I think because he's getting different looks. Um, Nick, Nick talked about this. He was going to see different things because what, what people tried last year didn't work. Um, and they were going to go about things differently. And I think he struggled a little bit with some of the looks he's getting, um, particularly pressures, because, you know, I heard a lot of people say uh, the Eagles offensive line didn't pass block well. Well, technically, if you look at the grades they got, they pass block really well. Now, the running backs did not. but And that's the part people, people are kind of excluding when they talk about it, correct? Yeah. But as far as, as pressure goes, and I used to talk about this with Frank Reich all the time, um, and Frank played quarterback for a long time, um, 
a lot of times the quarterback is responsible for that last, you know, blitzer, the, the, the unaccounted for blitzer. Um, that's the quarterback's responsibility. You have to know it's coming. You have to know where to go. And it's all factored in. And Nick talked about this on Monday. You know, he, he mentioned one play where, where the receiver ran, ran the wrong route, uh, wasn't right at the depth. So it could be, I brought up the penny, DeAndre Swift, for all his um, success running the football, his grade, his PFF grade in pass blocking was under 20, which is abysmal. Wow. Um, uh, so he he was not good in that aspect of the game. Um, and, and I don't think Jalen was good either, and I don't think the coaching staff was good. So you have a, a perfect storm of not being able to handle the pressure that had nothing to do with the offensive line. Um, you know, quarterback, backs, receivers – coaching, site adjustments, um, getting the football out on time, all that stuff factors into it. And I think people say, well, somebody, so-and-so came off the right side. Daniel Hunter got three sacks. Um, and they say, well, so-and-so got beat. It's not necessarily the case, um, especially when you're generating blitz pressure and there's an unaccounted for uh, Russia. Yeah, you guys heard it here first. Look, at the end of the day, man, this this thing is a work in progress. Um, we should have expected some growing pains, right, you know, with Jalen Hurts and with the new play caller. Um, as much as we want to put a lot of stock into that off-field relationship with Brian Johnson and Jalen Hurts, the reality is uh, they have to nurture and create and forge this new uh, symbiotic relationship on the field, right? You know, between quarterback and play caller, and it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really interesting to watch unfold because Brian Johnson, he's called plays on a college level, but can he do it over a 17 game, potentially a 20 game span for the Philadelphia Eagles? Um, can he maximize Jalen Hurts' skill set, right? Can Nick Sirianni um continue to have trust in Brian Johnson? Um, so much is left to you know unfold. So much is left to be seen. Um, on top of that, this defense, I mean. You know, they've been forcing some turnovers. They've been really opportunistic. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this defense continues to develop and continue to gel, even though they're battling a lot of injuries on that side, especially with the linebacker room and with the secondaries. But again, you guys, we're going to discuss the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the week progresses. You guys are going to see John and I uh, two more times this week on Football 24-7 to give you guys some pretty great analysis and observations and takeaways. Um, any final words, John, before we, uh, before we get out of here, anything you're working on on SI.com, JacobSports.com, anything you want to put out there? Uh, long week waiting. Uh, we're on William Jackson watch. And if it's not William Jackson, um, maybe it's somebody else. I brought up, uh, Chris Harris. Um, the Eagles brought in a bunch of players, by the way, um, beyond just William Jackson to take a look at today. They brought in. A tight end, EJ Jenkins. They brought in a couple of running backs, Brian Kobach, John Kelly, a couple of linebackers, Isaiah Moore, Ellerson Smith, former fourth round pick of the Giants, by the way. So they're always looking to upgrade the back end of the roster. But yeah, slot slot position is going to be interesting. I go back to last year. They gave Marvin Wilson one chance in Houston. When Jordan Davis got hurt, Marlon Tui below. Don't remind me of that game. <laughs> he did not play well, and they went and got Linball Joseph and Dominican Sue. 
I think Mario Goodrich might get one shot in Tampa Bay and sink or swim, Mario. Hey, it's straight like that, man. Luigi can't save you, Mario. So it's going to be really exciting to see, you know, no, uh, you know, Mrs. Peach, you know, no toad, no stars are coming to save you, no mushrooms. You got to roll out there by yourself, man. So it's going to be really exciting to watch you guys. Smash that like button. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Check out John McMullen every morning at 8 a.m. on Burry's 365 with his partner in crime, Jody Mack. Also, check out Derek Gunn and Rob Ellis on Sports Take and Dan Cilio on the National Football Show. Make sure you guys are always locked in on the pre, post, and halftime show featuring Seth Joyner, Mike Missinelli, uh, John McMullen, Derek Gunn. Uh, Mark Cilio had the rock, by the way. Sure, sure did. Yeah. yeah, man. Let's promote that as well, too. Make sure you guys go check out Dan Cilio's interview with The Rock as well, man. That was pretty cool. Um, I produced that. Uh, I produced that segment myself. It was, it was, it was pretty cool to see. So, um, yeah, make sure you guys like all the content we got coming up. Like I said, that pre and post and halftime show um, featuring a lot of talent, man. Can't forget Kayla Santiago, Mark Forzetta, uh, Bill Colorado. Can't forget those people as well. Um, a lot of people putting in a lot of work here. I'm also the Philly Godfather has some content pumping on Jacob Sports as well, giving you all your uh giving all your all your betting insights, all your betting knowledge. Check out the Philly Godfather as well. So again, smash that like button. Stay locked in on Jacob Sports, you guys. I'm Tony DeShields the second. He's John McMullen, and you were locked in on football 24-7. Take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.